Welcome to Restore Gospel Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Mike Barrett. I'm Corey Stark. And John Tandy. <laughs> the three of us are actually still here on the same day, but this is part two, so we thought we'd do a nice little intro. So part two of our uh, discussions, I will say that this part, I think, gets more into the meat. We do a better job of maybe getting down to where there's some, I, I won't say disagreements, uh, although it's probably disagreements, but more of a trying to understand where the other person, what their belief is, what the word says, and... Uh, this is always hard. I was telling the brothers, you know, I've watched a lot of debates on Christianity versus atheism, especially when I was talking to, to Brother Bob Bobbitt when he was here. And it's always, I use the word eternally frustrating because uh, you speak around each other, you go in circles, you try to answer a, a point, but there's so many other points to be made. And it's the human mind that is limited and our words are limited sometimes in, in getting across what's in our heart. But we're going to pursue this. I think it gets better, and we have the intentions of continuing this for some time and imagine that we will uh, get to that place. So join us for part two. You guys don't want to add anything? <laughs> Good head shakes. Let's Sorry. roll. I got chirps. In. Oops, wrong one. I thought there was some chirps in here. There we are. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, he says, awake, and I awoke, and he stood before me. He says, awake and hear the words which I'm going to tell you. For behold, I've come to declare glad tidings to you. I've The Lord has heard your prayers, and he's judged them to be righteous. And I just paraphrase that a little bit. He said, I want you to rejoice and be filled with joy, and your people be filled with joy. And this is the beginning of what the angel says. For behold, the time cometh and is not far distant that with power the Lord omnipotent who reigneth, <clears throat> which was and is from all eternity— to all eternity shall come down from heaven among the children of men and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay. And then it continues to go on and, and talk about the deeds he will do. And he, he does all this, uh, his, his healing and his casting out of devils. He suffers temptations and pains of body more than we can suffer. And that what is profound to me is verse 101, his bleeding Blood comes from every port, not just because of the size of the nails they put in his hands. But he says, blood comes from every port. So great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people that he would bleed from every pore because of his anguish he felt for us because of our wickedness. And he will be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And to that point, the Son of God, I would simply explain from Abinadi's words in Mosiah 8, I would say, and he's called the Son of God. Why? Well, let me, let me, I, 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 I got to finish this real quick. So far, everything you said, you quoted, we have no disagreement on. All right. That God became the atonement. That God the Father became the atonement. That Jesus Christ became so, the atonement, yes. So God, the, God himself is what the scripture says. God himself would atone. No disagreement there. All right. So... I would say, in a minute, I said, I would that you should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men and shall redeem his people. And because he dwelleth in the flesh, he shall be called the son of God. Because someone would ask, well, why is he his son? And it's like, was there a mother God and a father God and they had a baby God? That, yeah. Right, right. But it's no, the only answer is given in Mosiah eight twenty nine, Because he takes on flesh. So, 
we move this this conversation, then I think the rub is what that what that atonement did. And John, right. you you said very plainly, and I agree with you that we there's a lot of middle ground. We're all living in middle ground, I believe. Every day, the goal is for me to submit more and more of myself to my Creator, and and that's that's the rub for all of us. That's what we're all striving to do. But that is exactly why we need a Savior, and I think this is the psychology behind the doctrine of the Restoration Church, is that when you teach these levels that we start adding up, um, you know, this middle ground, and how good are you living in this middle ground? How much have you submitted to God? And that's that's why we need a Savior. Some people are going to submit to God better than others. Some people have different backgrounds that they were raised in. Some were abused, and some were orphans, and some were whatever. We all have different backgrounds. And, and what you said at the very beginning, I reject the premise that there's no movement beyond this life because— the scriptures are clear that the most wicked people in the days of Noah, and I'm not saying all of them, but mm-hmm. some of them mm-hmm. came forth and were on the right hand of God. To me, that when you say the right hand of God, there is no other place other than one kingdom with the Father on his right hand. Or if you believe the Book of Mormon, the same being Jesus Christ says, I grant you eternal life at my right hand, mm-hmm. uh, the same place. So there is a chance to repent. People say, well, why Why don't I just live my life however I want? The Book of Mormon, I think we agree, says the spirit that possesses your body in mm-hmm. this life will be with your body in the world to come. And that was really my point when I said that. Right, yeah. right. But we also know that God's plan of salvation doesn't just stop with when my heart stops. I may go, if I had a chance to respond to him and he, judging my heart, says, Mike, you should have done better. You are willfully rebelling against me. There may be a place in the prison house for Mike to live. Mm-hmm. I may get there and 30 days later, like, okay, I, you know, and, and at some point I'm resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, or I may continue the, the same thing. I think that word, the spirit that possesses your body, if you are willfully rebelling right now, that means that spirit doesn't just, when you die, say, oh, I'm going to be good now. Yeah, you it's are, not just a black and white, okay, right. you, you, you said a bad word right before you passed away. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not what it means. It's, I'm still going to be willfully, right, but, I'm still going to be yeah. willfully rebelling against God. In, in that, I mean, that same spirit, that same attitude is going to be with me. Mm-hmm. Now, is it easier or is being in the flesh, is that the place where we work it out? I think there's great hope and and truth to that. Absolutely. That's the purpose mm-hmm. of this life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have maybe received um, less truth or less knowledge than other people. And so there's room for me to to have that on the other side of the veil. We don't mm-hmm. know. And, I, and honestly, I don't know that the scriptures are very, I think there is a lot of gray area there. But one place where there's not a gray area, and, and you've conceded to this, and Corey and I would say the same thing, that in the Book of Mormon and in the Bible, there is a dichotomy that mm-hmm. in the very end, you're either on the right hand of God or you become a son of perdition. And by the way, that's the exact same language that starts out section 76 that I believe we view the entire revelation through that lens that he says, this is my gospel. Mm-hmm. This is my good news. Mm-hmm. All men will be saved except the sons of perdition. Yeah. So let me back up to a statement you just sure. made there. You said I conceded. Uh, let me... Um, qualify that uh, quite a bit further. I haven't said it, you know, fully in, you know, today. Um, 
as I look at the scriptures, uh, you said that, you know, I conceded that there's, in the end, two places, two right-handed, uh, left-handed. That's what the right? scriptures say. That's what the scriptures say, and I did say that. Um, but it goes further than that, and there you find dichotomies all, all over the place mm-hmm. in the Book of Mormon and the Bible. In this life, there's a dichotomy. I mean, we can find scriptures. I had to pull them out because I don't have them at my fingertips here. There is, at, when we die, there is a dichotomy. Alma 19, earlier from what you quoted, said that you either go to paradise or you go to hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the resurrection, there's a dichotomy. There's a first resurrection and there's a second resurrection. In eternity, there's a dichotomy. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're not in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Everywhere along the way, the scriptures are very clear that there is, the scriptures make it very black and white, you know, very, very, you know, absolute black and white statements that there's you're either good or you're bad you're either good works or bad works good fruit or bad fruit you know and very very clear not not just in you know after the final judgment but right now mm-hmm. and all the way through every stage of our eternal life beginning right now into into the death and resurrection there are scriptures you can find all through the book of mormon and and all of our scriptures that make it very clear there's only two mm-hmm. anywhere anytime and yet we know from experience, and we also know from even your interpretation of Section 76, which I disagree with, is that there is points at which there are differences. There are levels. There are you know different states of being. And my, actually, I, I didn't say it earlier, but one, one thing, I, this is what I said to myself years ago or kind of came up with, is that at every point in our existence, there are four levels and also two at the same time. And I'd have to expand that out to, to explain what I mean. What does it mean in this life? What does it mean in resurrection? What is it, you know, that that there are, that that there is a variety within our condition at each of those stages, and yet there's also sort of paradoxically two, and the scripture uses kind of simplistic language, let's say, to mm-hmm. and make it very clear. And why does it do that? Because we're we're pointing somebody either one direction or another. You either come to Christ or you don't. And in the end, you know. Jesus makes it very clear. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're cast out with weeping and wailing and gnashing mm-hmm. of teeth. You know, it makes it very, very vivid to our, our imagination that uh, sure. we don't want to go that direction. So he he's pulling us upward. But in that whereas, kingdom of God, mm-hmm. I just need to clarify it. Mm-hmm. There's a condition where you're saved, but you're not with the Father is is what you're kind of maintaining is that there's four, four conditions and there's two conditions, but mm-hmm. the four conditions exist in eternity, and I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, I'm just clarifying, that you feel that that's a, Section 76 that's a valid condition. says, after the final, after the second resurrection, when the all are brought to stand before the judgment, it says that they go and they, the telestial glory, are in the mansions of the Father, and so I would just, at that point in time, I would describe the mansions of the Father as being his kingdom, but then it says that where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come worlds without end. That is eternity. Yeah. So, and so that is how we've always taught. We as the church have always taught section 76. Does that, and, I, and first I believe, of all, I don't know if worlds without end means eternity or if it means a whole huge number of people. I always interpret it as a large number of people. So, and I, I just got to throw this out because you're saying there's probably some uh-huh. of these black and whites in the Book of Mormon. Uh, uh-huh. Here, Here's one. And if we hold section 76 up to be valid, I suppose we hold section 28 up as well. Uh-huh. This is section 28, paragraph seven. I say unto you, before the earth shall pass away, Michael, my ar- archangel, 
shall sound his trump, and then shall all the dead awake, mm -hmm. for their grave shall be open, and they shall come forth, yea, even all. And the righteous shall be gathered on my right hand unto eternal life, mm -hmm. and the wicked on my left hand will I be ashamed to own before the Father. Wherefore I will say unto them, Depart me, depart from me, cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil of his angel and his angels. Mm -hmm. So if I read that, I read no condition in between, and that's also from the doctrine and covenants. Mm -hmm. And and I I can't believe, you know, here's here's a phrase that I love from the Book of Mormon. It 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 teaches Jesus is mighty to save, that he is mighty to save. I mean, like that is his yearning. That is his desire. That's what he works out every day for, right? So he can save people. And it's not wimpy. It's not fickle. It's not, oh, I got you on a technicality. It's like, no, he wants to make it, and it's my word, it's not scriptures, as, quote, easy as possible, if you will, to see the plain and precious truth, to see that what I didn't get to in my scripture list of what I would tell that person on the bench or under the bridge is that the next step is, so what do I do? Well, I come to Christ, and if my heart is changed, the the life that I leave now becomes the evidence that my heart was changed and that those good works bear fruit from that change. And that's what we're judged by. Did but, Corey, the, the coming to the Christ and the changing of the heart, it has to be the correct Christ because, as the Book of Mormon says, knowing the correct Christ is the only thing. It's what gives you the means to then exercise that faith and repentance. Oh, good. yeah, good, so if, good point. So if you say come to Christ and let Him change your heart, and but in your mind you know that, being, that right. you're going to be, you know, you may be with Grandma, you know, you may be with the uncle that was always the rebel, you may be up in heaven with the Father, you may just be with angels for eternity. Yeah. That does not allow me to exercise faith into a mighty God to repent. Exactly. I walk away with a bunch of doubt in a kind of like, ah, I don't know. It's like jumping. In, I remember jumping into the deep end of the pool the first time and my dad was in there and it was like, I really trust him to save me. And, and if I think that my dad is not a good swimmer and he's going to drown, I'm never going to jump into the pool. Did he, did he catch you? He did. Oh, well, good. My, <laughs> I'm my, still here. My, mine would have said, close your eyes, jump in. And he wouldn't have right, called right. me. He said, okay, never trust anyone, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> if I didn't, but if I trusted him, which I did, I jumped. But see, uh, the ability to exercise that faith has to be in what I believed about right. my God. And that's that's the difference here in all these scriptures is that I think one, I teaches, you, I one, one teaches that you know, well, God the Father sent this Son, and the Son did did this work, and he'll bring us back to the Father. But the other clearly teaches that, no, God was the only one capable of removing the infinite sin. Justice was this eternal thing that had to be overcome, and there was only one way, and that was with the infinite sacrifice. And there was only one infinite, uh, I believe, and that was God the Father, who Again, I don't disagree. Ste steps yeah. into time and becomes the sacrifice for us. And mm -hmm. if we don't realize that, that it isn't just someone from heaven who died for me, but the very creator died for me, I, I, I miss the I point. Think, but what I'm hearing is we, we all concede to that, but... But then we change about what that what that right. atonement does, exactly. and that's where we need to hang out. So, John, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to allow you to talk. Well, before we you before you ask the question, I was just going to quick yeah. comment to uh, humorous comment. My dad. My, yeah. yeah, my my experience was was different there. I, I was at a a relative's house who had a had a pool basically, and and I was by myself. Um, they had a trapeze thing right in the middle of the pool, like very center of the right. pool, and I had my floated over to it, and the thing floated away, and so I either jumped off of it or got off, fell off of it, whatever it was. And I couldn't swim. Uh oh. And so I was in the, you know, in the sort of deep part and my, my dad didn't happen to be there, but he was fully dressed. And so I'm just floundering. I'm, 
you know, I, I, I'm going nowhere. And, and so he was just ready to, you know, do I need to drop in, you know, fully clothed into the pool? To, but what he did was he went to the narrow, he went to the shallow end of the pool and he started calling me. And me, as I'm swallowing water and, you know, floundering and whatever, I, you know, I come to his voice. And, um, you know, so he, he didn't have to jump into the pool. I, I followed his voice and got to that part. I, you know, I felt like afterwards I drank, drunk like a gallon of water <laughs> because I was just choking. Himself. But, you know, they did put me in swimming lessons after that. <laughs> I'm still no good at it, but, um, but, you know, I think that's, that's indicative, too, of that Jesus is, you know, standing at that edge of the pool. This is only one analogy. This is sure. a, a very imperfect sure. analogy, but he's calling us, and you know, to, to, to safety. But your dad wouldn't have let you yeah. down, but, though. But he, you he, he would have jumped in if I if yeah. I was going to start going belly up there. Yeah, he would have jumped in. Well, let me, um, well you were you were going to finish. Okay. And then yeah. and then um, back to your point. Uh, there's no disagreement. So that so Je- that God Jesus the Father, is, God you, the Father became the sa- sacrifice. Jesus Christ was the sacrifice, and, and Jesus is God. And we don't have any disagreement on that. Good. Um, I still disagree. Going back to my early statement that there is a Father in heaven who, who Jesus speaks to, and and that is is not Jesus. But Jesus is also called the Father in the Book of Mormon, and I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So, and I can park that for now. But um, well, I want to but, park that because we're we're talking about salvation, though, and mm-hmm. what what the what that atonement, whether God the Father. Wherever our understanding lies, and that's a huge continuum because it's a big concept. The Book of Mormon is very plain about it. But if he did come down and atone for our sins, we're talking about what the Book of Mormon says is you either stand there with a perfect recollection of all your guilt mm-hmm. right, or a, or you are completely cleansed by Jesus. Where does that leave room for you to then be in a place away from the Father? In the middle. And, and it, it actually says and. Just to add to that, though, it's like if— if I'm kind of the in-between person, is it that all of my sins weren't removed, I still remain, retained some of them, or I just didn't have enough good works? I mean, what do, what is the difference that right. constitutes me being with the Father? And that's I mean, why I want and, to, ask, that's, continue that's, that's, to that's, ask you questions, because right. this doesn't line up in my mind at sure, all. Sure, and that's fine. And, and if I could ask you to park for a second. There was sure. something that you said that as you were quoting that, and it's been a few minutes now, so I've kind of lost track of the exact statement. Um, which one of the scriptures that you were DC tw- from? Well, regarding what um, I, I shared a few I, I shared from Elman 19 DNC 28 DNC 28 was about being on the right hand or left right hand, hand left hand yes uh, it might have been before that in uh, so reading. I read from Alma 19 yeah that's all right let, let me just go ahead and read so you know what I am hearing you guys say maybe I'm wrong is that the vast majority of people will eventually at the very end be saved. I mean, even the people that, like you said, you know, Mike, you know, if I, I'll, I'll say it with myself instead of putting you in it, you know, if I end up going to hell and spending the 30 days there instead of you, <laughs> right? and because I, you know, I didn't yield my, my heart to God, that eventually there's, there's a place for me. And there's, there's right. a wide range of that, that mercy. I think it was when you were saying about the, the, the me- mighty, dis- the mercy, the, mighty to save and that sort of thing. Numbers, I don't know, John. You said the vast majority. I, I, I believe people will either be saved in mm-hmm. the kingdom of God or they will become a son mm-hmm. of perdition. I don't know if that's the majority or the minority, but I just know that there's two places. Section 76 says all others except for the sons of perdition are going to be saved. Correct. I don't think we disagree with that, even though we might differ on how that's read. Correct. So let me read a verse from the Book of Mormon. Okay. This is 3 Nephi 6. I could read it from the Bible, but I'll read it from the Book of Mormon. This is 3 Nephi 6, uh, verse 
I'll start in 25 and 26. And he says, enter ye in, uh, in, enter ye in at the straight gate, which is narrow gate. Mm -hmm. uh, for wide is the gate and broad the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be who go in thereat. But, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Right. Uh, that's equally a Book of Mormon truth to anything else that we've talked about yeah. is that if we're talking about the same thing, you know, and, and we put it into a, a, you know, a very narrow, consistent box, there are only a very few who are going to make it in. Not a vast number who, who are all, all these multiple levels, you know, short of Sons of Perdition, but um, he says a very few. Now, what do we make of that? Well, I, I will put that into the category of one Jesus of these. This is Jesus speaking, right? Yeah. This is Jesus this speaking. Is the, same I, the Sermon on the Mount, basically, yeah. And and how I interpret that, it's exactly is the children uh, in the days of Noah, who, when you look at the condition of the earth, everyone, you know, you have 2,000 years of history already, and it's summarized in one sentence where it says, everyone was caught up in the vain imaginations of their heart, something paraphrasing, but mm -hmm. that's, that's the condition of the people. Mm -hmm. Only Noah's family is saved. What happens to all the rest of those people? Well, they apparently go to the prison house. Now that's mm -hmm. like eight times, you know, versus millions. And it, who, who knows how many, mm -hmm. but the point being perfect example of great and broad and straight. And narrow. Exactly. It's yeah. like a few oh, entered yeah. in yeah, the straight sure. gate and many didn't, which <clears throat> is, I believe perfectly answered through the, the purpose of the prison house that many, mm -hmm. that's why section 76 says mm -hmm. not their levels of salvation were like the stars of heaven. It says their numbers were like the stars of mm. heaven. In other words, there was many, many people who didn't get it right on this earth. They wasted their days of their probation, and they they willfully rebelled to some extent. And that's the, mm -hmm. the difference is the willful rebellion. If people did not know God in ignorance, the Book of Mormon clearly teaches, and back to Mosiah 1, I won't read it, but that they, they are um, redeemed through the blood of Christ, which means they come forth in the resurrection. And I'm talking about during the millennium. Mm -hmm. That The point of this many and versus few, which was great to read from uh, 3 Nephi 6, is simply that many people in this life won't get it right, but we believe that through that maybe the work of the prison house, if you will, that they mm -hmm. do end up standing on the right hand of God, just as Genesis teaches in Enoch's vision. He saw a whole bunch of people when Christ came forth who had been in the prison house since the days of Noah then stand on the right hand of God. They were resurrected mm -hmm. at that point in time. So, John, I want to ask, so I'm going to let you respond. Mm -hmm. So, you brought up that verse, the straight mm -hmm. and narrow and broad is the way. Uh, and you you agree that it seems like broad is the way that many people were destroyed in the flood mm -hmm. except for eight, but that mm -hmm. they did come forth and stand on the right hand of God. Mm -hmm. I'm not, we're not saying numbers. We don't know if it was three-fourths yeah. of them or one-third of them, but Couldn't people say. did. So I've always had the impression, uh, reading section 76 from my point of view, that you know, how the church has taught it, um, is that the vast number of people. I mean, the, the vast number of people are not going to be the sons of perdition uh, because specifically it says to be a son of perdition, you have to have Known the spirit. Uh, yeah. had that spirit and rejected mm -hmm. you know, in, with knowledge. It's, it's not just, oh, I don't think Jesus is you know, mm -hmm. for me, you know, that kind of thing. They, I would they like never to know. think the vast majority yeah. of them, but, mm -hmm. but, but we all agree that the majority of people can go to the prison house and then can come forth and stand on the right hand of God. So that that scripture you read in 3 mm -hmm. Nephi could fit into that. And now we're just taking one scripture, but there's a bunch there's of others. There's a bunch more. Okay. And, and this would fit into what a couple of things that I said earlier. One is 
every point along the way, mm-hmm. you can argue that there's two. And all of us, you know, when you're talking about the prison house and coming out of the prison house and being in the presence, even if we disagree on when and how and mm-hmm. what that sure, is, sure. we in it's this room, in this room, all agree with that. And we run into problems because the Protestant, you know, viewpoint of saying, well, you're you're either saved in this life. Most of them, not there are some that that kind of go with what we go with a little bit where, you know, there might be a possibility for people that died without knowledge. We can't really say for sure, but you know, by and large, you talk to many conservative Protestants. It's going to be, if you don't get it in this life, buddy, you know, Jesus, Jesus said it, you die, you go to hell. That's it. We don't find, we, the Protestant world, many of them don't find any room to say you could go to hell. And then eventually sometime you finally go into glory it just—it's very hard. It, it, there are places you know you can find it in well, the Bible. But I want to go but, back to your verse. Yeah. I'm going to let you speak on it. So mm-hmm. when you brought that verse up in in Third Nephi, mm-hmm. what you're saying is that the straight and narrow way leads to life. That mm-hmm. that's that there's only going to be a few that are in eternal life, like with the celestial glory, because it doesn't say that at say, all. Well, that's that's part of the problem. And this and this is maybe a second point that I. I haven't said today, but I think I did the email that I sent you this okay. week, Mike. Uh, that you know we haven't had a chance to to process through yet. You know, back and forth. But um, is that it, if the Book of Mormon is the standard, and we expect the Book of Mormon to teach these things clearly and plainly, um, I don't think you can find the idea of someone dying in their sins and going to hell, and then. You know, as a wicked, you know, the Book of Mormon calls them wicked. And uh, Alma 19, you know, they they die, they're wicked, they go to hell. I don't know that you can clearly find that truth in the Book of Mormon without, again, bringing the Doctrine and Covenants into it. I 100% agree. That okay, it's, but it's the not... problem the problem here, there's a consistency problem here, is that if the Book of Mormon is the standard, mm-hmm. then how do we judge that the Doctrine and Covenants is actually right on that if the Book of Mormon doesn't clearly teach it? It goes back to 1 Nephi 3 where he says, I bring much of my gospel. And he said, and this will be the fullness of my gospel. He's, it, it never implies that every single word is necessarily there either. Mm-hmm. So I think that leaves room for that, that the the discussion of the prison house comes in through the inspired version, not the King James or any other version. Yeah, that's what you quoted. And, yeah. and, and, and then it also comes in through the Doctrine and Covenants. I... I, I can believe that if it's true, it can be added that way where, hey, there's some mm-hmm. details. And I don't know that it takes away anything from the standard that is the Book of Mormon to teach that this is the day of our probation. <laughs> well, I would it? agree. <laughs> I would <laughs> so, agree with that. And that's why I have, through a synthesis view, as I always have tended to do, as I mentioned, uh, seeing that there is no disagreement with even the traditional teaching on section yeah. 76 with the book of Mormon. But you haven't answered yeah. the one question and uh-huh. I, and I'm, I'm going to give you some mm-hmm. leeway cause I don't know that sure. you can. Uh-huh. Um, what then constitutes the problem if I'm saved, but I'm mm-hmm. not fully restored to God. Is it that I had sins that weren't removed or I just didn't have enough good works? What, what, what const- I mean, is it one or the other? Or is it something different? That's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. Um, there's, at some point, I might want to turn to Section 85, but I'm not going to go there just yet. Um, make, hold me to that okay. question. Yeah. Hold, me, hold me to that no, question, no. okay? Don't, don't let me get away from it. Yeah. But um, I'm going to kind of circle around it a little bit here for just for a minute. If if someone, again, me, you know, I die and I go to the prison house. <laughs> I hope I don't because even a second, I think, in the prison house and in and that fire of hell would would be like an eternity. I think scriptures make that you know clear enough. Uh, so I hope that I I don't 
you know, experience that. But if I did, and God brings me out of that into any degree of salvation, that's grace. But I, so, I confess so, that. I confess that as grace. It's not that I deserved it. I deserve okay. to stay there. And so if there is if there is reward if there is blessing that comes after my punishment <laughs> and my my 30 days in the in the in the pen you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know if if there is if there is life after after going to hell like jesus you know gives some pretty pretty clear statements you're going into the lake of fire and doesn't give any in some some verses doesn't give any view that there's any out from that if there's any out from that it is all through the mercy and the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and it's all through grace. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that person who was in a state of open rebellion and and never lived in his days of probation, uh, you know, who willfully rejected a, the sanctification of the Spirit and the yielding his heart to Christ, that doesn't mean that he receives the same reward or even de- deserves to receive the same reward um, as, as the person who did give their lives, you know, sacrificed everything they had, you know, fully gave their heart to, and yielded their heart to Christ. Why is, they're, why they're is both, that? They're both, they both receive a reward and it's all by grace. But so, why, why is, the, but what is that reward? Is it the same? And, and if not, why would it be different? Because the Book of Mormon says that we're rewarded according to our works. Right. And so does that person that maybe, yo, no, it does. That person okay. that lived a life of wickedness that some point then, because the Book of Mormon says that his works have to be that, he completely submits himself to the Lord and that the Lord changes his heart. But his when he stands before God, it's not him in all of his wickedness standing there. It's him in the robe of righteousness, mm-hmm. clothed with purity. He is now pure. He is now 100% clean. And so he is 100% fit for the kingdom. Now, if you live a life of righteousness or of wickedness and you continually to give into that spirit, what's the chances of you at some point in time giving your whole soul to God? And that's the that's the problem with continuing in sin is that mm-hmm. when that spirit remains with you in the other world, it's like mm-hmm. if I'm on a if if I'm on a path of rebelliousness now, the more I give into that sin, the less of the spirits in me, the less God has to work with. So and we all end up down this trajectory, but we yeah. don't hang out in this middle area well, where I'm halfway healed by Christ. You're either completely healed or you aren't. Well, but let me let me. You said something there that, that reminded me of. Um, you know, again, you're you're speaking Book of Mormon truth here, so and I I think this is. I, I've got to I got to share a Book of Mormon oh, truth because sure, <clears throat> you're talking about you know, a, a hypothetical situation where it's like, okay, I was bad, but I was pulled out of prison house, but I wasn't restored to God. The Book of Mormon teaches this. I say unto you, you will know that you cannot be saved, for there can be no man saved except his garments are washed white. His Yea, his garments must be purified mm-hmm. until they are cleansed from all stain through the blood of him who hath been spoken by our fathers that should come and redeem his people from their sins. And so... The, the, the point that it makes is that we, our, our cleansing, our forgiveness, which we need from our Savior, has to cleanse us completely from all sin. And there's no, there's no retained sin. So however you feel the answer to the question mm-hmm. is, one is that we cannot retain any sin. We have to be fully relieved from the bondage of sin to to be in God's kingdom, mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no so so one we got to cross off. Okay, well it's not that I still have sin because I can't have sin, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed, right? And so so if if Jesus pulls me back and He removes my sin, what prevents me from being with the Father? Because the whole point is that 
no unclean thing can dwell with God, but if I'm made mm-hmm. clean through the blood of Jesus, I can be with God again. Mm-hmm. Let me... Um, hold on a second. There's a verse that I'm... Yeah, let me pause. Mm-hmm. Oh, pause sure. for a minute. Okay, so... Um, uh, I think there's, this is where we've got such a vast array of, of truth here to build on, so sure. there's so many different things we could look at. Um, at the risk of reading from a... Uh, a, a corrupted, uh, untrustworthy scripture. I'm going to read a verse from the Bible here. <laughs> um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to... Well, let's start it back in 10, because it talks about grace. That's a great place to start, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 3.10, he says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we're good up to that point. And then he says, and this is Paul, the mm-hmm. apostle of grace, so to speak, in some, some people's minds. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So, just before I go on, um, Paul's talking about, first of all, you've got to have a foundation. Mm-hmm. But after you have that foundation, what are you building? How are you building? What, with what material are you building on that foundation, which is Jesus Christ? Um, so, you might even say, I never even thought about it this way, you might even say he's talking to Christians, not just to the, the, the 7 billion people in the world, but, you know, I would argue it's it's... Apply no, to everybody. Stick to his um, audience. Right? <laughs> so, um, but if you're building, he says, with wood, hay, or stubble, what happens when the fire comes? His point, obviously, is it's going to get burned up. Mm-hmm. If you're building with gold, silver, precious stones, as long as you don't heat it up too much, well, the gold will melt, but it'll still be there after after it melts. Uh, the silver will still be there. The precious stones probably not going to burn up. He says, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon. He shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself may be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, the King James Bible says he himself shall be saved, which is even stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the right. inspired version says he may be saved, which I think is more realistic, because you right. know there's a there's a wiggle room Keep in there. Um, is is that there's a difference between somebody who is built upon the on the foundation of Jesus Christ and builds a foundation of gold and silver and precious stones mm-hmm. versus somebody who builds on the foundation of Jesus Christ with wood, hay, and stubble. It's Paul's talking about their rewards what? based on their works, and he says that they might both be saved, but they don't experience salvation in quite the same way because one of them has all of his, his works burned up. He's saved. But That's a blessing. It, That's grace. Where does say that? I mean, keep keep reading, John, because I know the okay. scripture. Keep reading. Sure. Uh, know ye not that ye are the ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. How far? I don't know. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, 
or things present or things to come, ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Okay, now go back. You started reading that, that last verse mm-hmm. right there, whether mm-hmm. Paul or Paul. What, 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 what verse did you start reading in for this analogy? Oh, 10. Okay, start back at verse 1 and read. Oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Is You know, Paul said there's some that are of Paul, some are of Paulus. You want to read the whole thing? Well, the the context is very important in this whole mm-hmm. phrase because it's been used by the church out of context for the very the point you're making as far as works. It just says, I think that it's very clear here, He's people were were fighting over whether Paul was greater than Apollos. Right. Who baptized him? Yeah. yeah. And, and they're making the exact, I think, opposite point of what you're making is mm-hmm. that, guys— we are all Christ in God, and it says that Christ in God brings the increase. They it waters mm-hmm. and it brings the increase. Yeah, it's just like six. saying quit. He's telling people to quit doing. I think the point that you're making: quit trying to decide who's doing greater works. Right. Paul, Apollos, we're all Christ's. We're all working. Quit mm-hmm. judging one another on who's greater and who's least. But see, now you take that scripture and you're saying, no, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to say, my works were gold, my works were fire, my works were burned, mm-hmm. my works lasted. And he just says, it's either the works of God or it's the works of man, and you guys are Christ. So you're all doing the work of God, Apollos, Paul, all of us. It's telling you not to judge one another. Uh, yeah, I think you're putting two things together that are really not saying the same thing. You know, how, okay. how one... One, you know, if somebody's trying to build their foundation on Paul or Apollos, he's saying, no, we're not the foundation. Christ is the you know, foundation. Christ is the foundation. But it's then not later Paul. it says, whether it's the works mm-hmm. of Paul or the Apollos, we're not looking at those mm-hmm. works on who's Either, doing greater yeah, because you eight. can't. So, so I'll, I'll start there in verse well, 6. Okay. Rather than 1, I, I think we can probably go through that. He, he does say earlier, you are carnal. So he says, you're still fighting and arguing. Well, that's not the way Christians should be, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we... Yeah, so they were falling short. But he says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Right. In other words, Paul's works aren't greater than Apollos. Apollos isn't greater than Paul. No, but he's not. Yeah, so sure. But and what if what if Apollos had a bad day and you know and he he said an ill word to his friend and 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 Paul didn't? It's it's Mm -hmm. you can't get into very specific. Okay. But let me go on. Uh, So verse seven. So neither is he that planteth anything, nor he that watereth but God that giveth the increase. So again, this is going back to who who are you making your foundation, the foundation of your gospel. Mm-hmm. If we're making Joseph, I'll agree with you, if we're making Joseph Smith the foundation of our gospel or, or the Apostle Paul, yeah, we're, we're putting our mm-hmm. our foundation in the wrong spot. It needs to be Jesus Christ. I want Christ. to bring this back to the intent mm-hmm. of the scripture though, is like mm-hmm. where, do, where, do you, where does this scripture tell anything about me being in the kingdom of God but not with the Father? Because we're talking about your reward according to your works, and there's nothing in there about that, especially not one to build a whole faith culture on. No, no, that's why you have to put all the scriptures together. <laughs> okay. And, and, so, um, the, the, my my point my my point in bringing this again was to bring up the idea in response to what you've said. You guys have both said is that you know specifically. I was I was answering Corey here is that, you know, when you are cleansed, all your sins are cleansed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree with that. It's through Jesus Christ. It's through his grace. There's no way that my good works can, you know, if I do more more good works than, than bad works, then my good works cancel out the bad. No, that's not the way it works, and we mm-hmm. think we all agree with that. Sure. So the only, the only forgiveness of sin, uh, and therefore the only way that we can stand cleansed in, in the presence of God, is through... Jesus Christ, the merits His grace, of Christ. the merits of Christ, but there's also a judgment. Right. There is a day of judgment, and this verse 
which strongly hints at that day of judgment, which he says that the day, and so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you, Mike, on, on your interpretation here is that if any man build upon this foundation, he's, what is he building? He says, foundation of Christ, every man's work shall be made manifest. What, right. what are my works? Well, I either what, build up my life on the foundation of Christ or, or I, I don't. No, no, that's not <laughs> the context. He's, he's, he's only talking about people specifically the, the words that he uses are if any man build upon this foundation which is Jesus Christ the verse 11 the foundation is right. Jesus Christ right that's what I was so, saying the foundation yeah. is Christ foundation is Christ and Christ. what are you building on top of that foundation well let's say let, let me take what you said and kind of turn it a little bit let's say that I take that foundation of Jesus Christ and then I build up a kingdom unto Paul no I build, <laughs> no let me let me be more specific to the scripture okay. it's saying okay. you're building your works on top of Jesus Christ yeah. and he said that's what gets burned away yeah and what's left it's what's reduced to is the merit of Jesus Christ that 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 his his grace that saves us it's not it's not because we added some work to that I think that's what's saying gets burned away that we have to build on the foundation of Christ we have to do as the Book of Mormon says place our trust fully in the merits of Christ to save, th- that there was nothing we could add to it other than a changed heart. I, I, I think you're doing something here, which I've noticed elsewhere, is kind of glossing over what the text actually says. Okay. Um, and that is that if every man's work shall be manifest, the works that he's talking about are the gold or the wood. And okay. They and all get burned away. They don't all get burned away. Okay. The point is that some of them get burned away, the stubble, you know, the wood and the hay and the stubble, they do get burned away. And he says in verse 14, if any man's work abide, so not everybody's work is going to get burned away. Okay. Some people's work do abide, which he hath built, he shall receive a reward. So there is somebody that's standing there at the at, in the fire of judgment at the at the judgment seat and and, what's that his, reward? and his reward is he says his if any man's work abide, he shall receive a reward. Right. Okay. What is the reward? It's strongly implied, I think. But I'll, let me. I'll not make an assumption. Yeah. <laughs> um, that the work is is what he's built. Um, but then he. So we've got to clarify. Make sure I'm right about that. In verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, so now he doesn't have the work left. So there's one guy's work that does abide, and another guy's work that that doesn't abide. It says that he shall suffer loss. A loss is kind of the. If, if I would. Uh, paraphrase here: A loss is the opposite of a reward, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if my if my four hundred one k has a loss, <laughs> it's right. the opposite of a of a gain, and right. and so it's opposite of the reward. So, so and the, yet he saved. So the question though becomes: mm-hmm. What is the work? Mm-hmm. And the work is to build on the foundation of Christ, and that is mm-hmm. to have a changed heart. Yep. that's the only work that abides. Is and, the point? Yeah, and to carry that a step further, I said it earlier, but bringing forth that fruit. Of the spirit, sure, sure, those are, sure. Those are works. Uh, that, that's all and, part of the work. But but I, I think this is important because you know we, well, you guys at least, and Protestants out there in their their own point of view. Um, see, in fact, I've, I've heard this. You know, God rejects your works. I mean, I, I've sure. heard Protestant teachers say God rejects your works, and and I almost, I'm not going to put your words in into this, but I almost kind of get this idea from what you're saying. Uh, but I'm not going to attribute anything to you, but. Um, the idea that God rejects you, that, that works have nothing to do with it. No, I think works have everything to do with it. He's, they, so you know, do I. But, so, no, but the works that. that we bring forth— This is a good thing because I think you yeah. asking us questions, but but in all fairness, you said uh-huh. you guys kind of gloss over this. Uh-huh. I feel like we present a very plain scripture oftentimes out of the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. and and this is not a personal attack, but, mm-hmm. I, but I see it in a lot of people— 
that you gloss over that scripture oh, and say, well, let me bring something up. And then we go into this big, long thing where, where God says, I, I'm giving you these words as plain as words can be. Well, so I, I feel like you glossed over the fact so, that you stand before God, either cleansed by Jesus mm-hmm. or not. My, right. and, so, and let, so, so, so I, you've, had, you've had some time. Let me, let me just mm-hmm. answer with one scripture out of the Book mm-hmm. of Mormon. Again, this is coming back to <clears throat> what will my works result in regarding salvation? And this is what the Book of Mormon teaches. Helaman 2, verse 26. Yea, we see that. I'll let you turn mm-hmm. Go to ahead. It. Go ahead. I'll yeah. get there. We see that whosoever will lay hold upon the word of God. Now, this promises to all. Whosoever will lay hold upon the word of God, which is quick and powerful, which shall divide asunder all the cunning and the snares and the wiles of the devil and lead the man of Christ in a straight and narrow course that's across the everlasting gulf of misery, which is prepared to engulf the wicked and land their souls, yea, their immortal souls at the right hand of God in the kingdom of God to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and with all our holy fathers to go no more out. See, this is what it says the word of God will do. If we if we take hold of this word of God, mm-hmm. we're, we're saved in this place where the, the ones who are held as mighty and righteous, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are. There's, there's not some other place. It's like, mm-hmm. well, whoever holds the word of God, you might end up here or you might end up somewhere else. It's definite and it's, it's concrete. And it's, it's agreeing with what that other scripture says. When you burn everything away, you look at what, you, what was left, and the, what was left was, did you build on the foundation of Christ? And did you follow the word of God? Did you do these things? And if you do that, you're going to be fully restored to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just backing up for context a little bit, verses 24 and 25, you know, he's talking about the Lord prospering the church, you know, baptizing tens of thousands into the church. Um, and he's merciful unto all. This is verse 25. Unto merciful mm-hmm. unto all who will, in the sincerity of their hearts, mm-hmm. call upon his holy name. And yeah. we see that the, get this, the, the gate, gate of heaven is open unto how many? Unto all, even mm-hmm. to those who will believe on the name of Christ, which is the Son of God. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and so we we are talking about people who believe on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, obviously. Um and uh, and specifically those who are being baptized into the church, right? Um, and so I don't have any disagreement with with this verse. I, you know, you, you read it. I, I fully agreed with it. Let's um, uh, l- let me. I I've got one thing that I, I promised. We're going to begin to wrap this up because sure. we're almost at sure. two hours. But I want to set the stage and ask some honest questions. If this uh-huh. is worth continuing on, so uh-huh. go ahead, John. Um. You asked about the cleansing, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out not because I think you'll accept it or, or interpret it the same way I do, okay. but just as a as a more direct answer to to one of the things you asked earlier. Uh, this is section 85, and uh, verse seven, I guess. This is what you're willing to receive? Yeah, uh, somewhere I'll figure out a good place to start, so I don't read too much, but. Um, you know, verse four, five, six are all talking about the celestial kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom, the telestial kingdom. Um, like, I, 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 I can hardly, I can hardly touch on these without, without reading more of it. But you can read. You know, you can, verse, verse, I'll, I'll, I'll selectively go through. So, verse five a, he says, "They who are not sanctified through the law which I have given unto you, even the law of Christ, 
I'm going to interpret that as being the fullness of the gospel, you know, the, the ordinances, we, we could talk about that. Um, if you're not sanctified through that law, the celestial law, I think that, that's fair because the previous verse is talking about celestial. Yeah, that they must in, law. They must inherit. So there's an inheritance there. Yep. They must inherit another kingdom, even a terrestrial or a telestial. Now, we can talk about whether that inheritance was a temporary place or an ultimate place. I think it's, it's ultimate. but It also uh, could be yeah. viewed as a law. Yeah, it could be, and it does talk about that as being laws of the terrestrial and laws of the, mm-hmm. of the celestial. A state of existing, celestial. what your what your works are. Yeah, agreed. So, um, but I'll point out one word there, and that is sanctified through the law. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned earlier, Helaman two thirty one about being sanctified by yielding our hearts unto Christ, and I suggested that whatever black and white you know dichotomies you know scriptures that we find throughout the the thing. There are, there are degrees of our response, our yielding to Christ. Um, the, some, are, some are sanctified through the celestial law. Mm-hmm. And if you're sanctified through the celestial law, he's saying you're inheriting a celestial kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what it says it, right? Section okay. um, verse 4, I won't, I won't go back and read it, but it's, it's, um, it's in there. Uh, but I want to jump ahead to verse... Seven. You know, after he talks about those that return to their own place, which I think is the sons of perdition, the the no glory, as we might say. Um, what does it profit a man if a gift is bestowed upon him and he receive not the gift? So if I offer you this full blessing of the celestial law, mm-hmm. the celestial kingdom, and you don't receive that gift, what what is it? What good does it do do you? Uh, he rejoices not in that which is given unto him, neither rejoices in him who is the giver of the gift. Again, this is very black and white. You either get the gift or you right. don't. But, but John, he's referring yeah. to, you, you skipped over the important verse. I'll, I'll go back if you want. Says enjoy. <laughs> I'm trying to. They, they went back to, no, I want yeah. you to read this because uh-huh. this is what this is referring to. Uh-huh. He makes the statement, they go back to that place where they came from, where the tell or the, what do you call it, the prison yeah. house. I don't know the exact wording. Because where they, they, they were, are able were, to enjoy what they are willing to receive. Yes. Uh, so just the previous half verse there is what you're referring to, is they return to their own place right. to enjoy that which they are willing to receive because they were not willing to enjoy that which they might have received. And that applies, if you take my understanding of the glories, that applies to after the judgment is that any of those four levels uh, are willing to enjoy that which they were willing to receive, and they aren't given what they weren't willing to receive. It's um, talking about one one group right there, and I think we okay. agree that I don't I don't yeah. think there's true enjoyment there. I think it's a sarcastic kind of comment. I, surely you're not enjoying anything if you're cut off from the presence of God. It's saying you're you're replying. But he's referring there. to those. He's yeah. referring to the the people in hell, or or even maybe the sons of perdition right there. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to comment on it later. You said two different things there, and I'd like to comment, but I, I'm not. I'm going to move on. Uh, verse 8, uh, that which is governed by law, preserved by law, is also perfected and sanctified by the same. And that which breaketh the law, uh, willeth to abide in sin, uh, cannot be sanctified. And listen to how he says he can be sanctified. Sanctified by law, and here I've, I've got to interpret this in light of verse 5a, which is the celestial law specifically, neither by mercy nor by justice or judgment, therefore they must remain filthy still. So if somebody can't be sanctified by any of those things, right. then they are what the scripture calls the filthy still who inherit essentially right. damnation. judgment, damnation for eternity. I for think sure. we can all agree on that. Right. Um, and so is there more there? Let's see. 
There may be more that I'm missing, but uh, what's I'm just gonna, the final point that you again the final point there just so <laughs> I can wrap that up is is that again taking this as I do in light of section 76, there are those who are who are sanctified, washed free of their sins, as you asked, uh, by the celestial law. They they give themselves fully to Christ. They are baptized. They they make a covenant with Christ. They are they they are fully the church of the firstborn, as it says. Um, there are some who can't be sanctified by that law, but they may be sanctified by mercy. In other words, Christ forgives their sins, and he washes those things away because of his mercy, and it is by his mercy and grace, uh, certainly. There are others who must have those sins burned away uh, as, as uh, by justice or by judgment, and that is what I, where I see section 76.7, the telestial glory, is they are cast down to hell. They were the murderers, the mm-hmm. whoremongers, he said, all those things that after the final judgment has basically, and I'm, these are my words, burned away those, those evil works. What's left is, Jesus said, if you've given a cup of cold water in my name, you shall not lose your reward. What's left is a reward. Whatever they were willing to receive of that reward, God doesn't leave any good, any, any good work <laughs> unrewarded, let's say, other than those who, who fully reject it, obviously, the, the sons of perdition. So there are different levels in which, and this is, again, this is a direct answer to your question. I'm finally getting back to it at the end, okay. is that, yes, I do believe that their sins are, are cleansed. They cannot stand in, the present, in any form of the presence of God without their, their sins cleansed. But were they willing to embrace the, the celestial law or not? Then they can't have their so, sins cleansed so, if they didn't embrace the celestial right. law. I, that's I, not what, that's I, see, not what I, see. I see the salvation as the Book of Mormon teaches it to that point, is mm-hmm. it all comes back to the willingness to come to Christ and have our sins fully remitted or not. That's, that is the only difference in that there, there's, there's no in between that. Do you, do you want to respond to section 85? Mike? Well, do you so want to try to wrap up? Maybe? I think we're going to, I want to wrap up, but I, I feel like what, and you guys put your heads together. I, this is not yes. abnormal. Like I've watched a lot of debates between, as I was, when I was talking to Bob between atheists and Christians, it's eternally frustrating. <laughs> is that work? I don't know. It's very frustrating because we as men, it's very hard to to talk directly and get to the meat. Uh-huh. And so people talk around, and I know you're like, but what about, but you never answered. And yeah. it's not an easy thing to overcome. I think what we should do possibly is is continue on, but focus on the word and the preponderance. I've used the word I think that set you off, John, called uh, perverse. I said we're perverting the gospel. I want to just speak to what that word means. If, if, if a man's on trial for murder and he's sitting in a courtroom and he, he shot a guy with a gun and there were five people in the room and they all saw it happen and the man confessed that he did it and they've got the gun with the fingerprint on it and you have all of this evidence and the jury goes out to deliberate and they come back and they say, we find him not guilty, that would be called a perverse verdict because it flies in the face of so much plain evidence. evidence. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about when I say, I don't mean that there's ill intent in anyone's heart, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the gospel of Jesus Christ has been perverted by the doctrine of the church. And I say that because I believe there's very plain, substantial, uh, a whole bunch of abundance evidence that states plainly what the plan of salvation is. Now, and we can disagree on that. That's fine. That's why we're here. But that's... That's where I want to go. And I think, John, maybe you asking us questions, because I, I, I hear a lot from you that uh, I think, you know, we, we see differently. And, and, and then Corey and I, and I like, no, we agree with that. Maybe <laughs> by you asking us questions, we bring out what the positive message is instead of trying to 
no, the church taught this and that's not right because of, but mm-hmm. I also want to next time, although we said we didn't just want to fight over scriptures or whatever, I want to bring out plain scriptures and then other scriptures that aren't as plain and, and just see what the preponderance of the evidence is on this plan of salvation. If, if, do you guys feel this is fruitful? Do you want to come back? Um, do you, do you want to continue on? This is going to be two parts. I know the first half we really were getting into it. It feels like the last <laughs> 40 minutes were a little frustrated, but we're also at the no, end of a two hour cycle. So what do you guys think? I'm, I'm good to keep going the, the next time if you are. And I, I know I love my brother here and I'm glad we're having the conversation. I, I, really I do don't. want to say this as opposed to a lot of very angry, venomous, venomous spirits that, that we've have felt recently from people and, and in anger being said <laughs> in anger. I don't feel any of that from you, John, you've been so respectful. I feel like we are all on the same path and the desires are the same um, to understand who God is and to be able to be changed by his gospel. And, and of course, to help others receive that as well. So I, as long as that is the goal, I think continuing is wise. Uh, I hope you haven't been offended by anything today. Absolutely I feel not. like we are still on the same road to understanding the word. Corey, would it? It's all good. All right. Let's gather back. Uh, John, we, Corey and I have a thing that we uh, say at the end of our, our get-togethers, and that is we are all just walking each other home. And right? you just said it. Ah, <laughs> I was going to say, John, why don't you say it? But he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. well, I've heard it, but I've... Well, yeah. it's all good because now that we got three brothers and we're all just walking each other home. Um, yeah. I want to say we did have an episode on Section 85. It was episode 118, and mm-hmm. it's actually titled... Uh, I'm sorry. 118 and 119. Or 119 and 120? 119. It's actually taught, says, uh, what, does doctor, what is it not saying? And and mm-hmm. you may want to listen to that if you have time, 120. Don't do it while you're driving. You won't be able to take notes. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I will not be doing that. Do you know, either. this is what I do. I got a little voice recorder now. Are we? Just talk uh, into your phone if you have a question while you're listening. And then, like, I get home and I remind myself, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I've done that before. But the problem is you acquire all these things. Then you have to go back and listen to exactly, them again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but 119 and 120, we talked about. Uh, mansions, uh, that mm-hmm. misconstrued verse that people use in the Bible, what we think, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then eighty five, what it's not saying. It may add food, to, uh, but let's dive into the scriptures next time mm-hmm. and just. I thought this was great. I I really do, and I think I'm looking forward to doing it some more. All right. Till next time. God bless. And keep walking each other home. Mm-hmm.